Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Her Moment in History. I'm Grace. I'm Michelle. Uh, and this week, what was the theme for this week? It was business? women in business. Business, yeah. Uh, who's going first? I will. You going first? Okie dokie. And who yes. is your woman this week? She's known as Madam C.J. Walker. Oh, I haven't heard of her. Me neither until I did research. Ooh. Um, she was a entrepreneur, a mm. philanthropist, and an activist. Ooh. She was born Sarah Breedlove. Okay. On December the 23rd, 1867. Oh, on, okay. On a plantation in Delta, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Um, she was born into poverty in the South. She mm-hmm. is African-American, so her, I think her parents were former slaves. Whoa. And they turned sharecroppers after the Civil War. Uh-huh. So she grew up in the South, but then she became, like, one of the wealthiest African-American women of her time. Amazing. Amazing. That's quite yeah. a, like, a step, at, like, you know what I mean? That Massive, you, you literally yeah. come from the bottom, yeah. She ha- was one of six children of her... <gasps> That's huge! <laughs> yeah. Her parents were Owen and Minerva Anderson Breedlove. Mm-hmm. Which I was thinking, do did slaves like change their last name? I don't know. I think it was like some of them did. Um, I think to kind of separate like themselves from that. But I don't know because I don't know if they got given names. Yeah, because I slaves. they took the whoever their slave owner was they took that their name but then that's quite problematic isn't it massively well i mean yeah (laughs) the whole thing is is very problematic yeah yes um but oh that's really weird though because you'd have i mean not only do you have like you completely cut off like your family roots Mm -hmm. um well it's cut off for them but like that means like how many people would all have the same surname but not actually be related, if you know what I mean? That is true. Yeah. She was orphaned at age seven. Oh my gosh. You know, I, it doesn't say how her parents died, but... um, So she lived... But at the same time, though. Yeah. It might have been, like, a influenza kind of thing. Yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, lynching was a big thing. Yeah. yeah. And all that awful stuff. So she lived with her older sister, Lavinia, mm-hmm. and they worked in the cotton fields. Mm-hmm. And then at age 14, she got married to... 14? Yes, Moses McWilliams. Okay. Um, she, she mostly married him to escape her abusive brother-in-law. Oh. So... Wait... Oh, so is it her older sister's husband? Yeah. Yeah. But then her husband died in 1887, which so she would have been 20. They weren't together for, well, that's what, six? Six years. Six yeah. years, okay. And she, so she was a single parent to her two-year-old daughter, Layla, I want to mm-hmm. say. Um, but then she later became known as Alayla or Alila. 
Okay. Yeah, I actually Googled how to pronounce that name, and um, it came up with a YouTube video saying mm-hmm. Lililia, and then all the comments underneath were like, this is not how you pronounce this name. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what did the person who made the YouTube channel just be like, I'll just guess, and people will assume I'm right. Yeah, it was like one of them automated voices, and oh. which just kept saying the name over and over again. Yeah. So, so just put it into like, uh, like Google Translate kind of thing, and then just click. Yeah. yeah. So in 1889, she moved to St. Louis, Missouri, because mm-hmm. she wanted a better life, no way out of poverty. Which, fair enough. Mm-hmm. And she moved there because her four brothers were barbers there. Oh, all four of them. Yeah. Maybe they had a family business. Yeah. I don't don't think they all, like, had four separate shops, like, on the same street. (laughs) Yes. Maybe. That would be fun. Yeah. It would be bad for business, though, because you'd be in constant competition with your own sibling. I mean, not that you're not already Mm -hmm. in constant competition with your siblings, but, um, (laughs) like, actual, like, business competition. Yes. Or maybe they just split the profits. Oh, yeah, maybe. Competition was all a front. Ooh. That's like like all the laundry detergent things. Because they're all... You know, like, laundry detergent is mostly owned by one brand. Like, all of them. And it's just the illusion that they're all competition, but they're all owned by, like, one company. That's... What? I mean, I, I get it, but that's a really weird marketing technique that works yeah. i don't think it started that way i'm guessing they just bought out oh, they bought all one the of the others. yeah fair which, enough that's a monopoly which is technically illegal but it's washing yeah. washing detergent so does anyone yeah. care i care <laughs> <laughs> so um in missouri she worked as a laundress and a cook mm-hmm and she joined the African Methodist Episcopal Church. Okay. Where she met other leading black men and women whose, like, their success and education inspired her. Oh. Yes. And then in 1894, she married someone called John Davis. Mm-hmm. But the marriage was troubled, and then they got divorced. Oh. Which... I was going to give her credit for, like, late 1800s getting a divorce. Yeah. Quite good on Yeah. <laughs> After this, she was struggling financially, and then she began to suffer with a scalp ailment, which is relevant. <laughs> What's a scalp ailment? So, um, most of her hair started falling out. Oh, okay. Do so she went to... It? Um, well, they thought it was like the strain of years of like physical labor and yeah. struggling with money and stuff. So she consulted her brothers, the barbers, for advice. Okay, yeah. And then I was exper- going to say that, that I was going to say that like that that was probably not the best idea. But to be fair, that actually probably was quite yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the person that you'd go and ask. <laughs> so she then experimented with like homemade remedies and store bought products and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so she began using 
the this product called the Great Wonderful Hair Grower, which was owned by <laughs> an African American businesswoman called Annie Turbo Malone, who I'm sure we could do a whole episode on her, <laughs> but <laughs> not today. What, what? Okay, fair enough. Um, and then she joined Malone's team of black women sales agents. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they'd all, like, go and sell the product. And then, so a year after this, she then moved to Denver, Colorado, mm-hmm. where she married Charles Joseph Walker, which is then when she renamed herself Madam C.J. Walker after her husband. Oh, okay. Which... I mean... Mm, yeah, I mean, I, to be fair, like, you do you, but I'm not, like... I don't know. To me, that seems a little bit problematic. But I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I mean, it was like 1905. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Um, and he was a ad man, it says. I'm guessing he ad did man. like advertisements. Okay. I um, made them or, 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 or was in them or? I think he... I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> But I think he helped. Yeah, he helped with the advertising. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, no, no, that's a, that's too far ahead, too far ahead. Okay, right, okay, so back <laughs> She um, so then she saved her money from mm-hmm. her job to like educate her daughter in one of the city's public schools. Oh. And then she also launched her own line of hair products and straighteners for African-American women called Madam Walker's Wonderful Hair Grower. Oh, brilliant. Was that kind of like a thing before that? Because I know, obviously, at the time, if you know what I mean, black hair would have been very kind of... It was just different, so like nobody really... Yeah. It was all like home kind of stuff, uh, the ways of treating it. So had this kind of idea of commercialised products for black hair been approached before or um well with the person she was using and working for before mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. from that but um i i don't know if copyright was a thing then yeah because if it was that seems a bit problematic <laughs> yeah uh but she well she did move away and mm-hmm. so um yeah, so she, I think it says she was getting one... She launched a company with $1.25. But Whoa. then I found another thing that said she got paid $1.25. Oh. So I'm not quite sure mm-hmm. the accuracy of that. Okay. Yes. But her product was like her the main one she started with. Was mm-hmm. a scalp conditioning and healing formula, mm-hmm. which apparently had been revealed to her in a dream. Ooh. She's also like falsely known for inventing the straightening comb and the chemical perms. Okay. <laughs> which the this article I read was very clear that they wanted people to know that she did not do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so then to promote her new products, she traveled for like a year and a half, Mm -hmm. 
um like she uh, around just, the US yeah it was predominantly like the south in the south okay. that she went mm. and she was selling her products door to door and like doing demonstrations in churches and lodges and oh amazing and she like devised sales and marketing strategies and stuff oh there's a proper like her own oh that's so cute yeah in 1908 she temporarily moved her base to pittsburgh where Mm -hmm. she opened layla college to train hair culturists layla is in her daughter her daughter's name yeah so she named after um adorable yes then in um, 1910 Mm -hmm. she divorced her husband And then relocated to Indianapolis, mm-hmm. where she built a factory for her Walker Manufacturing Company, Whoa. and also a hair and ma- manicure salon, mm. and another training school. I may. Yeah, she's 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 great. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, she was an advocate for black woman women's economic independence. Mm-hmm. So she opened like training programs, uh, which she called the Walker System, mm-hmm. to like develop a national network of licensed sales agents, and they'd like earn quite good money, I think, and it was mm-hmm. like paid quite well. Whoa! And uh, she employed forty thousand African American women and men Whoa. in the U.S., Central America, and the Caribbean. Amazing! Yes. And, uh, was it uh, any like an exclusively um, black workforce, or was there like? It did not say. Okay, fair enough. Oh, but how amazing that that's like! Oh, I know. You just don't hear anything about this. It's it's no. very sad. I know. The company is actually still going today. What? Like it's still got the same name, but obviously she's she died. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I think, like, her great-great-granddaughter is running it. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. I know, it's good. Um, and she... So in 1913, she, like, travelled to Central America and, Car- and the Caribbean mm-hmm. to promote her products there. And then in 1916, she moved to New York. Mm-hmm. And she, like, left the day-to-day operations of a factory to Ransom and Alice Kelly, who were her factory forelady and a former school teacher. Oh, that's so, so, like, close-knit. And Mm -hmm. just, I love it. Yes. So then she she continued to, like, oversee the business in New York. Mm -hmm. And then I think she went to Harlem or she lived there I'm not quite sure mm-hmm. but she then very quickly became involved in like the social political life mm-hmm. taking like special interest in like the NA- NAACP's anti-lynching movement yeah yeah which and she contributed five thousand dollars to that whoa which that time's a lot of money probably yeah well, what, what year is this 19... 19- uh, I think it was seven, sixteen, nineteen sixteen. Sixteen. Well, that's mid-war I mean, too. Yeah. 
Ooh. And so would then, that be like, I don't know, like, like 20,000 in today's? I don't even want to guess. I have no okay. idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make a guess, yeah. I don't get how they work that out, though. Neither do I. I think they work out with inflation. Like, but yeah. inflation works differently for different areas. It's like, at the moment, aren't they doing, like, a study into how much politicians' salaries have gone up within the last few years and then how much the minimum wage has gone up in the last few years just to kind of, like, see the difference between them? That would be vastly different, I'm guessing. (laughs) Yeah, I think it said that if minimum wage was inflated at the same rate, it would be, I think, like, $33. So it was an American thing. Something like that, I think. I might be just complete. I've like mixed up a load of different studies I've read, but I think it was about thirty-three dollars. Which, when you think of then about, isn't I think the minimum wage in America drastically lower? It's yes. quite sad. As as most things are, the rich get yeah. richer and the poor get poorer. Yay, capitalism. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so in nineteen seventeen, she founded. The National Negro Cosmetics Manufacturing Manufacturers Association, mm-hmm. um, which it doesn't say much more about that. But um, okay, yeah. Then um, so in July in mm-hmm. nineteen seventeen, a white mob murdered more than like three dozen black people in the in Illinois and she joined a group of leaders who visited mm-hmm. the White House to present a petition advocating like anti anti lynching legislations well yeah it really distresses me that somebody needed to like present a case for that to me that's just like a given thing if you know what I mean no. that it should be legal anyway so who was the president at the time what year is it 1917? Oh, I have no idea. Let me Google. Yeah. President. Woodrow Wilson. Okay, fair enough. I don't know much about his kind of policies. Me neither. I have heard of him, but... (laughs) I've heard the name, but that's about as far as it goes. I actually thought he was a singer. Oh, nice. Maybe he did that too in his spare time. Yeah. I feel like all the Americans are going to be like, Woodrow Wilson was never a singer. What are you talking about? Was he? Because I know that... Was I listening to uh, the podcast uh, No Such Thing as a Fish and they were talking about different um, presidents' hobbies. Was he the one who was the carpenter? Oh, I really hope so. There was one president who was like massively into carpentry, um, just as like a hobby, um, and used to then just sell. And obviously, I assume the things that he sold were. Oh, I hope so. Uh, I don't even know how to like Google it. <laughs> carpenter president. Oh no, because apparently there was somebody whose surname is Carpenter, so that's not going to come up with anything. Yeah. yeah, there was a a president who was really interested in, in carpentry, but I cannot remember which one it was. I love when, like, the presidents have weird hobbies. Tape. <laughs> so, as a business, like, started to grow, mm-hmm. she organised her agents into, like, local 
and state clubs. Which, mm-hmm. And so they had like a big convention in Philadelphia in 1917, which um, is said to be probably one of the first times there was like a national meeting of businesswomen in the country. Whoa. Whoa, the first time. One of the first, probably, yeah. It's very sad. Yeah. And um, she still encouraged her agents to, like, be politically active. Mm-hmm. Um, and she'd, like, reward them as well for their business success. So she, was, she seemed like a nice boss. Yeah, supportive. Yeah. She said that we should protest until the American sense of justice is so aroused that such affairs as the East St. Louis, which is the the death of the people, riot will be forever impossible. Mm-hmm. Which, mm. yes. Yeah. We're still not there yet. Though. I know. Yeah. Only a hundred years on. Uh, it, yeah. Just... Got it, yeah. So within the last year of her, of her life, her sales exceeded $500,000. Ooh, in then money? I think so, yeah. Whoa. Her total worth when she died was mm-hmm. prob- about a million dollars. Ooh. Which included a mansion in New York, which was called Villa Luaro, which... Luaro? don't know why but i did google the house Mm -hmm. and it looks quite nice but it was uh, like said to be someone else's house and not hers so i don't know if someone else famous had it after her and so she just got pushed away so because she had it built she she had the house built Mm -hmm. i suppose if she passed away they could have like i don't know liquidated it and then sold it on yeah but yeah so as she got richer she did more this is jumping around a little bit because she's not dead yet <laughs> in the story timeline <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say I, I think i think in like real time she <laughs> she is yes but in my story she's not okay <laughs> so yeah she got richer she did more like fill fill am the fill Philanthropic and political, like, outreach stuff. Mm -hmm. And she paid for six African-American students' tuition fees. Whoa. Um, Oh, yes. Yeah. And she contributed to the YMCA. Mm Mm-hmm. And then she, she... So just before she died, um, which she, she died of kidney failure... She revised her will and, like, left two-thirds of future net profits to charity and what? as well as, like, thousands of dollars to various schools and individuals. Oh, she sounds amazing. I know. <laughs> she is claimed to have, like, helped create the role of the 20th century self-made American businesswoman. Yeah. She, and establish herself as a pioneer of modern black hair care and co- in the cosmetics industry mm-hmm. and set standards in 
the African American community for corporate and community giving. Whoa. Whoa. I know. And that is Madam C.J. Walker. She's amazing. Yeah, and she died in 1919. 1919, okay. Yeah. Whoa. I'm so sad that, like, she's not heard of. I mean, I'd never kind of heard of her. I don't know whether she would be in, like, America, but that's so... Whoa. A gem. Yep. A real gem. I was so excited to do this because I was like, (laughs) how have I never heard of her before? Because you were message, well, you messaged me, didn't you? You were just like, I'm just so excited. There's so much, and I was like, I'm so pleased. <laughs> so yeah, we should we go for a break now. Yes. Yes, and then we shall be back promptly. Bye. Bye. Hey, Christy. What do we talk about on our podcast? Well, Ashley, we talk about all kinds of weird stuff. Like aliens. And ghosts. And cults. And cryptids. And witches. And murders. Yeah, even sometimes murders. Basically, we talk about all kinds of weird shit. Oh, I already said that. Oh. So yeah, if you like weird topics, feminist rants, and the occasional F-bomb, you should listen to us. We post new episodes every other Monday. Find us online at that'sweird.org. And subscribe to That's Weird on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello and welcome back. Um, <laughs> so uh, this week I have done Caress Crosby. Never. Heard have you heard of it? No. Is or, she related um, to Bing, Pro- Bing Crosby? No, okay. she's not. Um, but her bu- uh, born name, uh, birth name, born name, the name she was given when she was born was um, Mary Phelps Jacob. Have you heard of her? No. Did she create no. okay. Felt? Felt. No, she didn't. Oh. I don't know when Felt was created, actually. Or by whom. Um, mm. No, so Cress was born, or Mary Jacobs, uh, Mary Felt Jacobs was born in 1891 or 92. Um, each source I looked at gave one of those two. I'm not sure which one it was. Interesting. <laughs> I know. Um, so, but I, I based all of it on if she was born, like, the rest of the kind of, like, ages and okay. dates and things I've based upon if she was born in 1891 so okay. well, I'll say that um, on April the 20th so soon um, in New York City Ooh. so uh, she had the same name as her mother so they nicknamed her Polly what was the name again? Mary Phelps natural nickname? yeah yeah, exactly. I'm not 100% sure where that nickname came from, but there we are. Mm. Um, she was the daughter of William Hearn Jacob and Mary Phelps, so yeah, had the same name, um, and had two brothers, Le- uh, Leonard and Walter. Mm. Okay? I know. So she, her family, it says that like her family weren't like very rich. They were rich, but they... Um, weren't uh like billionaires i don't think um but her dad had been raised with wealth so they kind oh, okay. of lived that lifestyle almost but without um, the money but without the money but it just it did say that like uh she attended formal balls uh went to ivy league school dancers had like was was part of a horse riding school and in 1914 she was presented to the king of england at a garden party 
Of course. So, like, rich social circle. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was actually um, thinking about... Because, you know, there's, like, there's such the, the trope where if you the, like, sad little rich girl or boy... Mm-hmm. um, And then, like... But still, we still, like, aspire to be rich. Even though we know that, like... Yeah. For the children, it's not very fun for them. Yeah. Well, in the well, past, like... anyway. Yeah, it's like there's a whole thing about, like, money doesn't buy happiness, and yet people still equate money. ownership and, and money to happiness, yeah. Yeah, I just... It's just a strange thing that, like, it's never questioned. Even mm-hmm. though we, we see it so much in, like, media... That, like, just because you're rich doesn't make you happy, but people still believe it. Yeah, and the same with, like, fame and things like that. People say being in the yeah. public eye can make you lonely, and yet people go, ah, oh, yeah, but if I'm in the public eye, I yes. won't be, so... Is that what we're doing? <laughs> not quite. Not quite! <laughs> I hope not! No. Um, so, um, in 1980... In 1908, um, she was present. Uh, her, oh, in 1908, her father passed away, and uh, so she moved to live with her mum in uh, Connecticut. So she would have been 17, um, okay. and that was also the year that she met her future husband, who was oh, wow. Richard Peabody. Sherman and Peabody. No, Richard who... Peabody. <laughs> no, is he from that though? Oh, uh, I don't know. I really should have looked that up. Wait, beforehand. now I don't know who Sherman and Peabody is. What are they famous for? I don't know. It's either that or it's a Buster Keaton film. Oh. Oh. You're looking it up? Peabody, yes. <laughs> well, Google knows what I'm on. Oh, it's a film from 2014. <laughs> oh, it won't be that then. <laughs> no. Well, oh, it was it was originally a series in 1959. Mm-hmm. So it could have been. Wait, no, they'd be really old then. Yeah. Well, I've just looked at Richard Peabody and apparently there's two. So there's the one who uh, was married to Mary Fox Jacob. And then there's another one who is a poet who's still alive now. Oh, interesting. I know. Oh, I wonder if they're descendants. Oh, that'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then at 19, uh, she was set to attend um, a debutante ball. What's a, what is a debutante ball? I actually don't know. It's where you come like... out in society, but not in a gay way. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I was really hoping that in, like, what is it, 1910, yeah. it would have been that kind of thing. <laughs> um... That'd be a good thing. You have a debutante ball, but you come out as being gay. I think people do that. I think they're just called coming out parties, though. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because have you seen Gilmore Girls? Because she has a debutante ball where she comes oh out to God. society. Is it like a coming of age thing? I think so. Fair enough. So this happened when uh, so Mary Fox was um, 19. She went to this debutante ball um, and she had to wear this corset that was made of like whalebone um, and was extremely uncomfortable and restrictive. So it like pushed, I think... A waist in and smushed her boobs to create like a uni boob, oh, almost. Wow. <laughs> so very uncomfortable. Um, I think 
from what I can gather, she'd been to more of these before and just felt so uncomfortable. So she asked her maid to fetch her two hankies and some ribbon. Mm-hmm. And then she made a bra. Whoa. Right? Is this where so this that's, is going? That's where this is going, yeah. Ooh. So everyone thought it was absolutely amazing um, what she got on, obviously, because it managed to, like, separate her boobs, really accentuate them. So everybody wanted one. You look very confused. Yeah, it's like... But if, if it's a bra, then, was it under her clothes? So how would they know? Yeah. So they're just like, oh, your boobs look good today. How are you doing yeah. that? Literally. <laughs> I think because obviously like the dresses would have been like very um, tight on the top, it means yeah. that you could really like tell what was kind of going on with the uh, the right. boobage area. I mean, yeah, it's like if you watch anything from them when the boobs are like exploding out. Exactly, and it's because they're just all like pushed. Yeah. Like so, and it just looks uncomfortable. Yeah, and like I don't with whalebone. Mm-hmm. Then how? Because. I'm I'm guessing whalebone isn't flexible. No. As any bone wouldn't be. But yeah. then so how do they put it in a corset? I assume they like so it I assume it's like so they have the corset that goes around the body and then in line with the body. Oh right, okay. They would have then bits of whalebone sewn in. I assume this is a complete guess. Interesting. If there's any corset experts out there, you know, give us a message, explain it to us. I would love if actually somebody was an expert in corsets, like that was their thing, is they're like, I can I tell you from one glance when a corset was made, where it's from, Ooh. who wore it. Oh, that'd be amazing. I bet people can do that. I'd say that, yeah. So, fantastic. Interesting. We could have them as a guest. Just to speak about courses. Brilliant. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we could have all the women involved in the making of corsets. What was in it... history? Yeah. Mm. Or was it a male invention? Who knows? Oh, I don't know. Interesting. I, don't, I wouldn't know. So, um, Mary Paul Jacob, everybody thought she looked amazing. And so she got, she, um, got a lot of people like, asking to make them for them. So she used to, like, make them for her friends. And then she got a letter from somebody that she didn't know asking if they could buy one for a dollar from her. Oh, this is like Coco Chanel. Is it? I, I don't know much about. Well, in the film, mm-hmm. something about Coco becoming... some it's got the girl from Amelie in it. Um, yeah. And she starts making hats... And then everyone is like, I really love your hats. Can can you make me one? And then, like, it grows into a fashion business. Whoa. She could do it. We could do a whole episode on her. <laughs> you you keep saying this, like, we're just going to do, yep, fair enough. I, mean, I feel like it's a spoiler, you telling me who, who you're going to do all these episodes about. Yeah, but you don't know when. True, true. I don't know in depth. Because there is an infinite supply of women, literally. They're being yeah. born every single second. That's maybe yeah. not minute. Every minute, one born every you taking minute. That, I was gonna say you're definitely quoting the show there, aren't you? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so um, she got this letter um, to to sell one to someone for a dollar, and so she filed for a patent on February the twelfth uh, in nineteen fourteen. 
Um, and in November, they gave her the trademark, the backless brassiere. So she now Ooh. owned the trademark for this kind of bra. So it's one that, from what I can gather, looking at pictures, it was, like, tied. So there's no actual... You know, like, how modern-day bras, most of them have that, like, clip at the back? Oh, yeah. Well, these ones didn't. They used to tie around the waist, from what I can gather. Interesting. Yeah. Which... I, I mean, that's more comfortable. I mean, I don't know. Is it supportive? Oh. I suppose with us, it's like... I don't know. You, Yeah, anyway. <laughs> I don't know how to describe... <laughs> you know what an underwire bra looks like? It keeps you up. It's... Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're the so, devil. Yeah. But also, I couldn't live without them. So... I could. Don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, she was. Um, da, 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 she made them uh, as well to fit all women of all sizes. Um, and her aim for them mm. was so that women could go and do um, activities um, like oh. sports and whatnot whilst um, wearing them. Finally. So, I know. So she married um, Richard Peabody in 1915 when she was 24, um, mm. and with him they had. Uh, a son who was called William Jacob in 1916. Mm. Um, but Polly, uh, so Mary Phelps slash Polly, uh, always used to say that uh, he Richard was a very reluctant father, that he didn't really want to kind of get involved. Um, oh. So he enlisted in the Mexican uh, at the Mexican border uh, to stop the Pancho Villas border raids. And then as soon as he got back, he then went to World War One. So he like was really... Goodness. Yeah. Me. They had their second daughter uh, called Pauline uh, Wheatland, who was then they also used to call Polly. That's confusing. I don't, yeah, I don't know why. I understand the whole idea of name your kids after yourself, but don't then give them a nickname that's also the same one you have. <laughs> it's like calling your, the, your child Junior when your name is Junior. So they're Junior, yeah. Junior, but you just call Jun- them Junior. So would you be junior senior if you did that? Oh yeah. Oh that's a contradiction. It is, isn't it? Oh I like it. In nineteen twenty, um Polly then uh, sent a letter to the Commonwealth of Massachusetts that specifically said that she wanted her business to be kept separate from um Richard so that her oh. money was separate from his. Is it, was prenups invented then? I have no idea. But it wouldn't be a prenup because that's pre-nuptials, isn't it? Yeah, this would be after. This was after they'd got married. Post-nuptials. Post-nuptial, yeah. A post-nup. <laughs> a post-nup, yeah. That common turn of phrase. It is. Yeah. Um, and then uh, it was also kind of during this time that she met. Oh wait, no. Yeah, well, that she met um, Harry Crosby. Ah, okay. Uh, so she was twenty nine, um, and or twenty eight, and he was twenty two. So they kind of had this like uh, love affair. They had a saucy night together um, after his like very you know persisting kind of like I want to be with you. And um, Polly mm. had wrote that for the this was the first time in her life that she knew herself to be a person. Like, was with That's him. Tragic. 
it's tragic bit. and it's about to get a bit more tragic oh, as well no. um she got a lot of like uh shit for for being with him though because um her friends said that she was perverted because he was 22 and she was 29 goodness but if it was the other way around no one would question anything if it was the other way around it'd be fine that'd just be the way it is yeah mm. um and you know like how cougar is is seen as like a derogatory term yeah i don't get it because like cougars they're like a, a powerful big cat yeah so like i mean if you just take it for its literal meaning then you know we can just shift the negative associations and make it a good one i mean people like, people have tried to reclaim the title of the cougar haven't they have they i think so from what i can gather it's like not used very derogatively anymore well there was that show cougar town yeah yeah with monica from friends in it i think courtney cox yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and that was like obviously like a reclaiming kind of of i never watched the show me neither but i it did well i think so yeah yeah um <laughs> and in um 1921 um richard so mary's current husband yes um uh, he came back from um the war um and had no money left only two years late that's what i don't quite understand it said that he was assigned to south carolina with the army and found that when the war was over he had nothing but his family allowance that's what i wrote in my notes but i don't quite understand it (laughs) Mm. i don't know whether i wrote it wrong or well i guess like arranging to get the transport to get people back home was a bit difficult especially if everyone's all over the place yeah yeah true and america's a big place when he came back, Polly realised that he only had three interests in his life. To play, to drink, and to chase fire engines. To chase so fire liked, engines? He liked to go where fires were happening in order to watch things burn. So, like, he'd chase fire Ooh. engines around in order to watch, like, houses burn. Which really reminds me of the film Wild Wildlife. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because that's kind mm. of, like, what his his thing is, isn't it? He likes to play drink and go where the fire is yes yes <laughs> yeah i mean i was thinking more like a dog chases the a fire engine or is that a like policeman? literally on all fours that's how and just oh, that's my immediate image that i got in my head <laughs> <laughs> not 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 quite no i think it was a little bit more like you know and then i was human. thinking about firehouse dog did you ever see that Oh, the film. Yeah, I did. Oh, it's sad. sad. Oh, I don't like sad dog films. They just make me, like, ball. Um, in 1922, uh, she opened a sweatshop um, with another woman, so they would make all of the bras. Um, is that what a sweatshop is? I think so. It's literally just a a place where you just make things. Oh, I thought it was like a cheap name for a sauna. No, oh, but that makes sweating. sense too. But how it? How would it be a shop if it was a sauna? You buy the <laughs> saunas there. You buy, 
Yes, you buy saunas at a sweatshop. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it's like you're selling sweat, isn't it? But I mean, I guess it's in like they're sweating over your work, over the yeah that you're paying for them. But then, is that a good marketing technique? Because you're just implying that it's going to be sweat all over your clothes. I think it's just like a term given to it to say like it's a bad wo- it's bad working conditions. Ah. Yeah. I think mine was much more interesting. Yes, it made so much more sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and she used the sweatshop uh, to meet regularly with Harry Crosby, who then became her second husband. Ooh. Did they get divorced, so, the other one? Yeah, so she got... So she left Richard to marry Harry, and Harry blackmailed her into it. Ooh. So he said that if she didn't marry him, he was going to kill himself. Oh, goodness. Just yeah. a little bit of emotional abuse there. I know, just a sprinkling. Um, her marriage to Harry did not go down well with anybody, and Harry's dad then tried to kill himself in order to blackmail Harry into not marrying her. Like father, like son. So, yeah, Apple didn't fall far from the tree in that respect. Goodness. Yeah. Then, we're about to get even better, in 1924, Harry then persuaded um, Polly Mary to change her first name. So she she, she was now Mary Phelps Crosby, mm. and he said that he wanted to change her name, her first name as well, just because it just, it didn't go well with his. Oh, goodness. Well, he's not having her name on his name, so what's... What's, what's yeah. the difference? Like, she could choose mean... her own name if she wants to. Right? Ugh. So, so obviously, like, we know that she was named... Uh, she renamed herself Caress, which is uh, um. where the name came from. Uh, and he said he liked it because it began with a C. So before that, though, he tried to um, get her to rename herself as another word that begins with a C. Interesting. So he recommended... That she named herself Clitoris. <laughs> oh, wow. Which she said no to. <laughs> Does that imply that he didn't know what one was? Well, um, Clitoris was uh, the name of a, a sun god, I think, in some... My god, everything makes sense now. A religion. <laughs> I... Okay. <laughs> um, and he said, like, because cause it's so... This sense, the word clitoris, was spelt differently to ah. the anatomical sense of the word. Oh. So he was like, it's fine, it means something different. And she was like, nah, that's still... It's still that word. So yes. they. So instead she named herself uh, Caress, which is still not, like, yeah. amazing. Because that's so many other names. get your sims to do when they're... Caress? When they're dating, you can caress the other sim. But it's usually like hit or miss. Some Sims really don't like you doing that. Well, uh, I mean, okay. Yeah. Sims well, you literally do. just click. You just click caress. Yeah, you'd be like um, flirt caress. Oh gosh. Yeah, I um. really want like EA Games to sponsor me. Because <laughs> I feel like I'd be a great product representative for the Sims. Because <laughs> I am a massive fan. And I love mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. 
I re- I'm, I'm considering making a YouTube channel where I just play Sims. But now we have an audience. They can get back to me and say, I really want this in my life. Please do it. So, you know, people, get in touch. I mean, people would watch that, to be fair. It's quite I therapeutic, know. isn't it, to watch? There's so many Sims channels. I got very into them a few months ago. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's like that's ideal for the fact that, you know, deadlines are soon approaching. <laughs> yes. Oh, don't know. <laughs> okay, no, no. I'll say, block it out of my mind. <laughs> um, so they, she changed, renamed uh, herself to Caress, um, and then as a compromise, they named their second Whippet Clitoris instead. Whippet, um, the dog. Yeah, they had a dog. And then what they was named... the first one named? It didn't say. No. Poor I'm dog. sorry. I bet it was I know. called I mean... Richard. Yeah. You think they had two dogs called Richard and Clitoris? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, and then the husband would be like, this is what I wanted us to be like. And pointed at the dogs. Dogs. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, then in 1925, Harry had an affair with oh. a 14-year-old. Oh, wait, who was Richard? I thought Richard Harry's... was the previous. Oh, husband. I thought Harry na- Harry's name was Richard, so it'd be Harry and Clitoris. Harry and Clitoris, okay. Yes. Oh gosh. Um, so Harry had an affair with a fourteen-year-old, um, and said Ooh. that he liked her because she had a baby face and large breasts. So you know, lot mm. to unpack there. And then later, it says that Harry and Caress took a thirteen-year-old dancer to bed with them okay yeah and harry also apparently had sex with a boy too but nothing's really known about this um and it doesn't really say the age the name or anything but like research was very like look he was homosexual i'm like um i mean there's you know also that's probably problematic like yes the fact that he has sex with a boy but okay um and then uh, in 1927, um, he fell in love with a painter that he'd asked to paint um, Caress. And then, and then in 1928, he had an affair with another woman who was called Josephine, who was at the time shopping for her own wedding. Was it Josephine Baker? I don't know. Oh. Who is Josephine Baker? I'm not sure if she's a, a 20 singer or she's a singer that just sings like she's from the 20s. Oh. No, I don't know. I feel like I, I recognise... Like Google. Because yeah. I feel like I'm embarrassing myself today. No, you're fine. Honestly, you're fine. Josephine um, Langford. No, sorry. Sorry? She was. Oh, we could do a whole episode on her. <laughs> She's pretty. Yes, she was a, a singer, entertainer, and for French resistant agent. What year did she die? Oh, this is not the same person then. I mean, she was born in 1906. That would make her 21 at this point, which is... Better than 14. No, 22. Yeah. <laughs> um... During this time, Caress also had like her own kind of lovers on the side. Um, I'm glad it was a, a joint decision. Yeah. Even if it wasn't still. Overt. Yeah. 
Kind of, except from, you know, his involved children. Right. And I don't think it was a joint thing. I think they just were having affairs. It wasn't yeah. like an agreed upon thing. But I always feel better about affairs if, like, both of the people are having affairs. Rather uh-huh. than just, if it's just one of them, and then the other is just sort of, like, sat there. Yeah. Because yeah. at least they're both getting Watching. some action. Yeah. yeah, that's what matters. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is. um uh harry and chris were reckless with money and they had a suicide pact for 1942 when the earth would be closest to the sun they had a massive thing about the sun for some reason sun gods suns yeah they were going to jump out of an airplane that was their aim but in 1929 harry ended his life in a death pact with josephine instead Okay, not the same Josephine. No, that's what as yeah, like yeah, and that they, they both were found in a hotel room, um, and shot. Um, so did uh, they shoot each other. So apparently, a coroner's report said that he died two hours after she had died. Interesting. So they're not sure whether it was like a, a murder suicide, or whether it was a, the death pact. But they know that they had a death pact. But also two hours is a bit weird. Like, to sit with a dead body for two hours and then... Maybe he shot himself wrong and then he just was, like, bled out for two hours. I think it was in the temple. Oh. I mean, that doesn't always kill you. True, 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 true. If you want a good, clean shot, you go for in the mouth. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, because if (laughs) you just do it at the temple, you can blow off half your... Half your brain. Oh, and then end up, yeah. But you can still survive that. Yeah, but some like sometimes it looks like a lot worse state then. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, in nineteen twenty four, Caress wrote her first uh poetry selection, uh, called uh, Crosses of Gold. Apparently, it was just very unadventurous. I don't think it did very well. Uh, in nineteen twenty six, she wrote another. That one did better. And then in 1928, uh, she did she did another one called uh, The Stranger, which spoke about the men in her life, and that did a lot better. She and Harry um, owned opened up a publishing company, which is called the Black Sun Press. Again, more suns, um, which was known for like printing beautiful editions of unusual books. Um, so Ooh. they printed the works of like James Joyce, Ernest Hemingway, D. H. Lawrence, Ezra Pound, and like other large writers. Nice. Um, but so Harry didn't like the, the her. So I think during all this time, uh, she was still like she still had the business of making the bras, etc. Oh yeah. But Harry didn't like it, so he convinced her to close the business. So she Did sold she? it to Warner Brothers. Oh, yeah, goodness. she sold it to Warner Brothers Corset Company for one and a half thousand. Oh. Right, which is equivalent low <laughs> yes so that is equivalent to twenty two thousand in today's money but that's in dollars so i don't know what that wouldn't be in pounds um and then later um Warner brothers ended Warner brothers corset company ended up making 15 million from Did they that. just sell them to like the film company so Warner brothers corset company were a th- like a thing they they made loads and loads of different like bras and things 
I mean, it should, surely should be Warner sisters. Oh, no, because if they were brothers... I know, but, like, surely for, as a marketing standpoint, that why would women want their bras to be made by a man? Because they can't mm. understand, like, what would be best. I kind of... Yeah, I don't know. To me, it seems like on par with the whole idea, like, they have the Mr. Kipling's cake and now they also have the Mrs. Kipling's cakes as well. Do and, they? Like, I didn't know Bic that. for her and things like that. Yeah, to me, it just seems like a gendered marketing technique when, like... I mean, something like yeah. bras were made then for just women, if you know what I mean. Oh. So, but... I don't know. It's like... It, that's, that's, that's who made the company. Yeah. Well, so, I thought... Bras became a thing when they had to stop putting steel in the corsets. Oh. Because uh, they needed it for the war instead. So they used less with the underwire. This was before they had underwires. Oh. So her bra didn't have an underwire. So maybe she just like hit the market at the right spot. Yes, yeah. During the war. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, it was just before the first. And it was America, so they were, you know, their own little think... world. Didn't they join? Did they join in 1916? Possibly. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um... I just know that they never started any of the world wars because they are uh, wimps. But no. 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 I shouldn't <laughs> say that with like 15 percent american listeners also it's like not like not starting war doesn't equate to (laughs) i mean to be fair i actually support the decision to not join the war yeah i was gonna say like (laughs) it was very uncharacteristic of you yeah but then like their involvement did end the war a lot quicker so yeah they'd just gone straight away it might have been two days long i don't think the war would have been two days long would have been but I appreciate the sentiment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Harry had left. Uh, uh, had tried to leave her a um, hundred thousand pa- uh, hundred thousand dollars um, in his mm-hmm. will, um, but his parents said that that wasn't going to happen. So she ended up getting two thousand pounds instead. That's two thousand dollars instead. I know. Um, she remarried in nineteen thirty-seven to Bert Saffold Young who was also a drunk, which is great. He took a trip to Florida and didn't come back for a whole year once. Um, and so while he wow. was then away and absent uh, or drunk, Caress would um, write pornography. <laughs> Amazing. Like smut. Um, she, mm-hmm. I think he went on a bender once and she wrote 200 pages of smut and it was actually very, very, very good. Like this was the thing that she had a real talent for writing. <laughs> So, um, I know. Uh, she was also friends with Salvador Dali. Um, uh, I don't know why I put that in my notes. For some reason, I got quite excited about it. Um, and then in 1970, so fairly recently, then she passed away um, at age 78 from a heart attack. Oh. And that was Caress Crosby or Mary Felix Jacobs. So there was so much there. Yeah. I do feel like I rushed over a lot of it. And there was like more that happened that I did just skip over. But, like, yeah. So she kind of invented the the first kind of 
modern day bra. I think she even said once, like, uh, she said, I didn't invent, like, the steamboat or anything like that. She said that she didn't invent anything huge. She said, but I invented the bra, and, like, that's massive as well. So. I mean, it is. We still use them today. I know, yeah. So. But I feel like she's got a bit conned out of money. Massively, yeah. And uh, not great husbands as well. No. I mean, no. did many people have great husbands then? Mm, valid. Which doesn't make it okay, but... Yeah. yeah. I suppose there was the expectation... I don't know that... I mean, it's not revolutionary to to say that, you know, women were treated terribly at the time and just expected no. to get on with it, but... I it's, don't know, it still makes me sad. It's also sad to think that, like, if... A husband treated his wife very well at that time we would then think that was amazing yeah like just to be treated nicely sometimes like decently yeah and now like mostly relationships are built on like they should be nice to you mm-hmm. well it's less about safety and stuff i guess well there's there a massive thing as well recently wasn't there that i know that um there was, I think it was somebody had, it was like a, a Tinder conversation, I think, uh, that someone had posted. Mm-hmm. And basically, like, a guy had got in touch with the, with the girl and said, like, um, I don't do this, I don't do this, I don't do this, I'm a good person, you should want to date me. And it was, like, this kind of idea that, like, oh, so no longer are we, so no longer is dating just about actually find someone that you enjoy to spend time with and are compatible with but it's just about oh well you're not going to be mean to me and it's like well that's not mm. that's not a good way of no of seeing it. that's why like i'm all for like online dating but then when it becomes stuff like i will do this and this but i won't do this what do you and mean then it becomes more like a business transaction kind of thing yeah I don't know if that's the right way of phrasing it, but mm. it just, it loses something. Yeah. When you, if you're just stating, like, what you want, because then, but then I guess it's just making it everything quicker. I suppose, like, was it, they say, like, relationships are business transactions in the early kind of yeah, stages. With the whole, like, equity kind of ideal, so. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so that was that. And we wanted to give a shout out to our new um, <laughs> listeners in Gibraltar. You're really growing. Yeah. Um, we we can't quite work out why. No. How? But, you know, please get in touch. But we love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like tell um, us what you think or how you found us, whatever. Yeah. Or just say hello. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's all we want. <laughs> but yeah I was looking up Gibraltar as well because of like this so because of uh, our second largest like listener kind of yeah. demographic is from Gibraltar I was just looking up the place and I was like I don't actually know anything about it where is it what do they do I mean, it looks like a pretty good place actually like really mm. cool and chill yeah but yeah uh... so, thank you very much for listening <laughs> yes thank you Um, and we shall then be back Oh, and yes, and Ooh. thank you to Arvin for editing again, yes. our saviour. <laughs> yeah. 
Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye.